it's Sam and Scott from Ship It Studios Premier Wrestling Podcast, Above the Ring. And Sam, let's talk about Riverside.fm, the leading podcast and video creation platform that's changing the game on how creators record their content. Riverside.fm allows you to record studio-quality audio and up to 4K video on their platform. Now you can interview a guest a thousand miles away, and it will sound like you're sitting in the same room. Did you know that it's as easy to use as Zoom, but it gives much higher quality audio and video recordings? Did we mention that they have a mobile app? This allows guests to connect directly from their phone and record content from anywhere. After your content is finished, you can easily grab clips to share them across your social media channels. So if you're looking for a platform to put over for all your recording needs, from podcasts to webinars to other video content, you should be using uh, Riverside.fm. Sign up today so you can focus on your content and leave the quality to Riverside.fm. Use promo code SHIPIT and receive 30% discount on the first three months of your subscription. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. It is yet another edition of your SmackDown study. This is your SmackDown study for Friday, August 27th, 2021. Dear Lord, September is almost here. Fall time is quickly approaching. And before long, it will be Survivor Series season. But before we get there, Makes make an extreme stop first at extreme rules in September. So things are starting to build, starting to move towards it. SmackDown, of course, kicking things off after SummerSlam. Good show tonight. Could have been much better if certain things had happened, but. They didn't. And of course, rumors were swirling that uh, one Mr. Adam Cole, Bebe, would uh, make his main roster debut on the Blue Brand tonight. However, that did not happen. So. As his contract officially expires on Friday, Adam's officially free agent. No longer under contract, which means he can immediately sign with anybody he wants and appear on their shows if they have television the next time they air. Where will he go? Obviously, most people consider AEW his next place of employment, obviously for reasons being um, Brit, his girlfriend, obviously, (laughs) the big one, and the elite. Those of you who've watched Being the Elite know that Adam Cole was a pretty large part of the beginning of the show. He was eventually, quote-unquote, killed off before he arrived in WWE four years ago so now if he does indeed sign with AEW I I would like to see how they bring him back Um, either way it's going to be good stuff so 
as much as it pains me to say that he is probably officially done with WWE because I myself am a, obviously, and I've mentioned this before, a big fan of Up of Down Down and Chugs has been a huge part of the show. So obviously with him no longer being with the company, I fully expect him to no longer be part of the channel. And I personally feel like that is a big loss to that channel. But we still have Twitch. I'm a regular watcher of him on Twitch as well. So it'll be nice to see you know, him still doing what he does. It's also, um, I don't know, I'm, I'm off topic here, but I, I want to talk about this a little bit before we dive into the show. It's it's amazing to me the performer that Adam Cole is, because if you watch him on stream, or on up up down down, and then you see him in the ring, it's literally two different people. That just shows how how great Adam Cole truly is as a performer and as someone who can stick to a character. And then you see the real life Adam Cole and how genuine he seems and it's like I want to meet you like I want to be your best friend type of guy it's just like you know my goodness gracious (laughs) and if he truly is gone from WWE then that is one of the biggest mistakes that WWE has ever made Uh, when he says he's once in a lifetime talent yeah, he may say it in character, but if you look over his body of work and the way he can just flow on the mic, it's not a lie at all. <laughs> so we'll see what happens. I do wish him the best wherever he ends up. There's pretty much only really two spots he can end up. <laughs> so we'll see what happens going forward. But... Get off my soapbox when it comes to Mr. Adam Cole, and we will get right into the show itself. Like I said, it was a good show. Kick things off with the man, the SmackDown Women's Champion, Becky Lynch, cut off her return at SummerSlam and her shocking victory over Bianca Belair in 26 seconds. Comes out, says that she apologizes for, you know, what had happened at SummerSlam, and then quickly changes her mind and goes, I apologize to nobody for nothing. It's all about opportunities. I picked the right time, you know, come back. Hey, I'm the champ. It is what it is. This, of course, leads to the EST. Bianca Belair, the former champ to come out, stating that she wants her rematch because Becky had no problem issuing a last-second challenge, though. So Bianca herself feels that she should be able to do the same thing and Becky should be able to accept. However, before Becky's able to answer, Bianca's interrupted by Zelina Vega. Zelina's sprouting the same things about how Bianca's out there crying and 
complaining because she lost her title. And now that Becky's champ, it's the one that feels like she should be next in line. Then she's interrupted by Carmella. Carmella herself has an actual gripe with Becky because Carmella was supposed to step in for Sasha Banks, who was not medically uh, cleared to, to wrestle at SummerSlam. And Becky effectively took her out before she had her match with Bianca. So Carmella says, now nah, I should be the next one because I was supposed to have a match at SummerSlam. And then this one surprised me. And I was very happy by it. Liv Morgan, first time we've seen her since Money in the Bank, comes out and says, none of these three deserve it. I should be the one to challenge for the title next. Bianca quickly cuts all of them down, saying that it doesn't matter. I'm the challenger here. I'm the one that should be given the title. Turns to Becky and goes, what do you say? Becky just kind of stops for a second, thinks about it, looks at Bianca. Nah. Turns around and walks away. (laughs) So heel slash anti-hero Becky has returned with full force. And you love to see it. You truly do. So once that happens, mayhem begins. All four ladies start attacking one another. And we go to commercial break. So naturally, the Teddy Long in me comes out and goes, hold on a minute, play. We're going to have ourselves a tag team match after this break. I can probably guarantee it. Liv Bianca versus Selena Vega and Carmella. Well, we did have a match. However, it was something even better. It was a elimination fatal four-way match. The winner of this match would be the one to challenge Becky Lynch for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Good match. I really enjoyed this. Unfortunately, Zelina was the first one eliminated by Bianca. And then Liv eliminates Carmella, leaving, I believe, a first-time matchup between Bianca Belair and Liv Morgan. Liv, looking strong, did a great job. But unfortunately, it was not enough tonight. Bianca gets the win, that beautiful kiss of death. And she will be the one challenging Becky Lynch, I'm assuming, at Extreme Rules for the SmackDown Women's Championship. We then get a bit of a surprise. Rumors had floated, and again, I'm kind of going off topic here from, from SmackDown, but it's important. Changes happen. Uh, change, I'm sorry, changes are going to be happening within NXT. Uh, there's been rumors that have been going around talking about, you know, brand new looks, brand new, you know, focusing more on internal talent. They're not going to be going out and scouting uh, independent talent anymore, which really doesn't make any sense, but whatever. They want them to be homegrown. Okay. I think it's a bad move, but, you know. I'm just over here doing a podcast about wrestling. I'm not in the business. It is what it is. 
but they revealed NXT's new logo. Uh, if you guys haven't seen it, uh, just go online and, and you can go onto Twitter even and just type in NXT logo and it'll show you the new logo. It is a very, very colorful logo. Uh, the NXT is kind of all melted together. Um, and it kind of gave me vibes of the original NXT um, with like the swirling and the, the motions and how and how it kind of all came together. Um, this new logo kind of looks like paint splatter uh, for the, the inside the NXT. Um, I think it looks pretty cool. I'll be honest with you. Um, I'm I'm interested to see how this works. I'm going to be hopefully optimistic, or I'm going to be uh, yeah optimistic about this. A lot of people like to dive into this. They're all upset about it because, uh, you know, they like the gothic look better. Uh, I, I tend to agree. I do like the gothic look that it has, but something's not working, at least in their eyes. So they want to change it up. Change is not always bad. People tend to not like change, but we don't have a choice in this matter. So we'll see what happens. I'm interested, like I said, to see how this goes, and hopefully it is for the best. That's all we can say. So, shifting gears back to the show itself, our next match was Chad Gable taking on Cesaro. Chad obviously having Otis with him as the Alpha Academy always sticks together. This was a great match as well. Uh, unfortunately, Otis... Jumping in, causing the distraction, and then the Alpha Academy pretty much takes out the Swiss Superman. So, I assume this will continue as we go forward. But, as of right now, it doesn't look so good for Cesaro. We then get the culmination of last week. When it comes to Baron Corbin. Corbin obviously lost at SummerSlam to Big E during the pre-show. B gets his briefcase back. And Corbin's got $35 to his name. He doesn't think he's going to be back on the show anymore. You know, who knows? So what's been happening... All week is that we've been seeing videos come in through WWE on Twitter of Corbin going through ebbs and flows of, you know, highs and lows through Vegas. Turns this $35 into $100. That's awesome. Then turns this $100 into $1,300. Hey, that's fantastic. Then, you know, he's winning cars, you know, like Papa Giorgio and, and <laughs> National Lampoon's Vegas Vacation. An excellent film, by the way, if you haven't seen it. It's a little older for some of you younger kids, but believe me, it's good stuff. So he's winning things. Then he's losing, you know, he lost a whole bunch of money. Then he's eating steaks. You know, with beautiful women. He's getting presidential suites from hotels because he's playing so much and winning. And, you know, it's just 
by the end of everything, he looks like he's riding high. So it's like, ah, this is great. I love how this whole thing's unfolded. He shows up on SmackDown, I believe with a Bentley. Comes out, he's got a fresh suit on, beautiful, you know, top to bottom, not wearing that old mustard-stained shirt for the last month. And man's got a fedora. And I'm like, oh, Christ, we're really going. (laughs) And it's just, I couldn't help but laugh. Months ago, they went out and WWE went out and trademarked a, a name called Happy Corbin. And I was like, where in the God's name are they going to turn this into something? Like, it didn't make any sense, obviously, at the time, because he was still King Corbin. But obviously, you think about it, they're clearly looking ahead months out to see what's next on the agenda. So he has this interview with Kayla. He's all excited. He introduces himself as Happy Corbin. And I'm like, there it is. Okay. We finally have a reason why that name's a thing. Let's see where this goes. So Corbin heads towards the ring, and he has this new theme song that's straight out of, like, the casino floor. Like, I just burst out laughing. It was perfect for him. Yes, ripped to his old theme, which was probably one of my absolute favorite themes of all time. But this happy Corbin theme... It fits his new character absolutely perfectly. Uh, a lot of people were saying, oh, we should have Cameron Grimes get called up and he can match up with Corbin. I think that would be hilarious down the road. But for now, let Corbin run. Let him see what he can do. So, Corbin's in. You know, the ring's all full of, you know, velvet ropes and champagne bottles and all this other nonsense. And he calls out Biggie. So he tells Biggie that he wants to apologize for everything that had happened. And he wants to make things square. So he decides to ask or to buy rather, the money in the bank contract from Biggie. And he starts throwing out numbers 20000 $50,000, for it. And Biggie's like, nah, I earned this. I'm not going to lose it like you did. You know, it's, it's, it's good. Um, Biggie effectively threatens Corbin that he'll just pretty much take him out if he doesn't leave the ring which he ends up doing. So we move on from the Happy Corbin stuff. I'm interested to see where this goes next. Um, I thought he's doing... uh, So this this has been some of Corbin's best work. And like I've said before, I've been a major fan of Corbin since he showed up. Coming from the NFL, and then all of a sudden coming into wrestling, and he took to it beautifully so hopefully this is a continuation of him moving in the right direction after that we had a nice little backstage segment with 
both Edge and Seth Rollins talking about their match at SummerSlam. Edge saying that the albatross around his neck named Seth Rollins is, is done, and he's moving on, and he's going to be going towards Roman Reigns, so that way he can challenge for the Universal Championship. When they show Seth, however, Seth seems a little more... I don't want to say subdued, because I don't think that's the right word for it. He seems very calm about thanking Edge and congratulating him on his win and how he's taught something to Seth and how Seth needs to be maybe just a little more like Edge. So immediately I was thinking, well, he's about to level up his opportunistic skill. Uh, Maybe go to extreme measures to get ahead of Edge, so we might be getting a rematch at Extreme Rules. Who knows? It's interesting stuff. So. I'm excited to see where this goes, obviously. Because that match, for me, was match of the night. And I would love to see them go at it one more time. After that, we had ourselves a tag team match. Rick Boogs and Shinsuke Nakamura took on the Dirty Dogs of Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode. I would like to send out some condolences and thoughts um, for Pat McAfee. Um, the man has, unfortunately, tested positive for COVID-19, so I wish him all the best, speedy recovery. And that way he can grace us once again on SmackDown. Uh, because when Boogs and, and Shitscape came out, it's it, it wasn't the same this week. Even though, yes, we had Corey Graves and Kevin Owens on commentary, which they, they made a great three-person commentary team, but it just it was missing that energy. Um, but to the tag team match itself, good match overall. Shocking way to end it with Boogs actually pinning Dolph Ziggler. Pinning a former world champion, multi-time world champion. It's a big win for Boogs. We then got ourselves a little surprise as well. Naomi arriving on SmackDown, going to Sonya's office. And introduces, you know, essentially introduces herself again. She's all excited and ready to go. But Sonia didn't seem all that impressed. She didn't even know that she was going to be on the show, that she was moved from Raw to SmackDown. Uh, and didn't really seem to care that she was there. She didn't have anything for her this week. Uh, like she had said, she didn't even remember being the one that, you know, talked about the move. So. She instantly blamed Adam Pierce for this and tells Naomi that she'll uh, she'll get a hold of her next week and see if she has anything for her. Now, now that she's on SmackDown, Naomi would die right here. I actually like where this is leading. Sony wants to continue to ignore her, kind of dismiss her. That's fine. Naomi right now still being all like, oh, I'm, a, I'm a face. People love me. This is a perfect time for after a few weeks 
Maybe after Extreme Rules, she turns a little heelish. Maybe joins the Bloodline. I think if she joins the Bloodline, I think that could be the best best work that she's ever done in wrestling. Have her be just be a complete and utter badass with her husband and the rest of the Bloodline. <sighs> Shit writes itself. That's what I'm hoping for. We'll see if it gets to that. After that, we had ourselves a singles match as uh, Ray telling Dominic that Ray himself is going to step back from action. And he wants Dominic to go on his own, essentially. You know, swim in those deep waters and see how well you do. So I have himself a mystery opponent tonight. And of course, when this was announced... The internet kind of blew up a little bit because we all hoped and prayed that it would be a certain Adam Cole that would be his, you know, mystery opponent. It wasn't. It was Sami Zayn. I'm not complaining about this. Sami Zayn is a wonderful, wonderful wrestler. We should be seeing more of him. So much, in fact, that he actually won this match. Dominic kicking a hard fall as Sammy pulls the ropes down as Dominic was trying to do a 619, which led Ray to come from the back to check on his son and stay out with the rest of the match. After the match was over, obviously Sammy doing his little dance and everything leaves the ring. And you can tell that friction is really beginning. Dominic trying to put, you know, pushing away his father's arms, trying to pick him up and stuff like that. Clearly not happy with the loss, and I'm really feeling that now we're starting to get towards that trigger being pulled that Dominic's going to turn on his father. I'm okay with that for now. I don't know how he's going to do truly on his own, especially as a heel. I don't know. I hope this is not a death sentence for him, but we'll see what happens as we go forward. After that, we had our Bloodline family celebration. Now, earlier in the night, Paul Heyman was uh, on his way to Roman's locker room. Obviously, stopped by Kayla because that seems to be the, the common theme for the last few weeks, and it's been entertaining as hell. Um, he finishes his interview very dismissive of Kayla and then goes to open Roman's locker, locker room and the door's locked. Very interesting. A little later on in the show, he's trying to still get in. And the Usos come out. Usos talking to Paul and everything. And they're like, come on now. You can tell us. You knew Brock was going to be there at SummerSlam. And Paul's like, no. Why would I jeopardize everything that we've built up pointing to the Bloodline t-shirt that's out. Why would I, you know, sacrifice everything and, and sabotage everything that we've built up to right now? doesn't make any sense. I wouldn't do that to you guys. So the Usos seem to understand that. But they still kind of left them out in the dust. They went back into Roman's locker room and Paul was still locked out. Later on in the show, Roman shows up, 
walks to the door and Paul's just kind of standing there with his head down and Roman's like, I gotta open up my own doors now and Paul perks up. So oh, oh, I'm so sorry, Travel Chief. No, no, not at all, Travel Chief. He opens up the door. Roman walks around him and walks in. He goes, Are you coming in? He goes, Yes, Travel Chief. Sorry, Travel Chief. Oh, I'm over right behind you. They go in. So before now, the family celebration, Paul's holding on to the universal title. Uso's all excited about the family celebration. They start walking out with Roman Steam playing in the background. Roman, about ready to go, Paul starts to hand over the universal title. And Roman looks at him and looks at the title and goes, what am I supposed to do with this? He's like, it's a family celebration, Travel Chief. Roman stops and looks at him and goes, Paul, you are family. I love you. Let's go. Let's go do this. Paul's face like, ex- like explodes with just pure joy and happiness. And they walk out. They do their pose. Everything seems great. They go in to the ring. Roman tells Paul to make sure that the crowd acknowledges not only him, but the Usos themselves. Part of me was waiting for him to slip on the mic, which obviously is never going to happen. But I expected him at some point during some of his stuff that he was saying that he would mention the name instead of Roman saying Brock Lesnar. I was waiting for it. It didn't happen. Whether it will or won't at some point in the future is left to be seen. But still, I think that would be that would have been very interesting to see. But that hasn't happened, so I won't really get into it. One last surprise before the show ends tonight. Finn Balor comes out, interrupts Bloodline, then tells Roman as he gets in the ring, I'd ask you for a match at Extreme Rules, but I don't trust anybody around here. So next week, I want a Universal title match. Roman kind of Dismisses it a little bit, but Finn attacks him. Usos then put Finn in the corner and start kicking him down. And then the Street Profits make their return and they have re entered the tag team championship title picture, which is something that they honestly should never have left. But they do, they come back, they help Finn. They chase the bloodline away. So that's how our show ends. So it looks like it's going to be a hot show next week. Excited for it. If we get to see Finn and Roman in the Universal title match, that'll be great television. So guys, that is your show for tonight. Like I said, it was a good show. We ran a little long today. We're... A little over half an hour, but that's okay. We had a, we had important things we needed to talk about tonight. So, guys, if you don't already, please follow us on Twitter at Above the Ring. You can find us also by the same name, Above the Ring, on Facebook, on Instagram, and on YouTube. You can find me pretty much everywhere. It's the J-Stream. You can find this podcast on basically every podcasting platform that is out there. Therefore, not on one that you listen to, let us know. We'll add ourselves to it. That way you can do all your one-stop shopping. And get a little bedlam in your day from above the ring. 
So, guys, thank you so much for listening. I hope you have a wonderful weekend. And we will be back on Monday. Sam and I have our next episode of Above the Ring. Once again, thank you all. We truly appreciate you. Our road to 5K on Twitter is moving along quickly. We finally surpassed 4,900 followers, and we are quickly going up. I appreciate all of you. I'd love, love to get 5K, you know, by the end of next month. Hopefully sooner than that. But that's fun. That's our hopes. So thank you, guys. Also, be on the lookout for an all-out pre-show. Trying to bring the boys from back to the ring back. And uh, it's going to be fun. Thank you guys again for listening. Appreciate you. And most importantly, do not forget to join the Bedlam. Good night. Welcome to the All 80s Movies Podcast. I'm Bill. And I'm Jason. And this is the podcast where we talk about the blockbusters, the flops, and everything in between from one of the freshest decades for movies, the 1980s. So whether you're a brain, a jock, a valley girl, or a Jedi, we've got some 80s classics for you. Do these movies stand the test of time? Are we discovering something new? Is there an 80s movie we're finally watching for the first time? Join us each week as we dive into the cinematic nostalgia that inspired and influenced a generation. From the hits to the cult classics, we'll discuss our earliest memories, favorite scenes, fun facts, and our not-so-favorite movie moments, too. It's the All 80s Movies Podcast, now available on all major streaming platforms. Please subscribe and happy listening.